Gang Green Report with Mike Demergis and Rob Carpenter. Mike Demergis along with Rob Carpenter for Jets Nation Radio. And Rob, the Jets now drop to 1-7 and seven on the season. And nothing worse than losing the Adam Gase Bowl in Miami to a team that hasn't won the game, who hasn't won a game all year. Uh, things are getting bad, and it's going from bad to worse to ridiculous. Um, you can pretty much see it actually the way the week started. Uh, that things weren't going to be working working right. It's probably going to be this way for the rest of the season, as long as Adam Gates is a coach. Uh, it's going to be a different story every week. Team seems to be regressing. Uh, Darnold seems to be regressing. You know, I, I think the guys in the uh, in the locker room pretty much is just, uh, you know, part for the course right now, just saying, you know what, let's just finish up the season and, and get it over. Dolphins take the game 26-18. to 18. The Jets look good early on, uh, taking a 7 nothing lead, but Ryan Fitzpatrick is still around. UConn Cornelius throws three touchdown passes <laughs> against his old team. Uh, he was 24-36 for 288 yards. Pretty good for an old man uh, that's looking to uh, kind of just hang around the NFL. Meanwhile, uh, the young gun, Sam Darnold, was 27-39, uh, uh, an interception that was absolutely horrific after a potential touchdown uh, was called back due to instant replay. I mean, that was one of the worst plays they've ever seen uh, for a quarterback to just throw a ball up like that, uh, Rob. You would probably think by now, um, as many games as he's been in and as many games as he's watched, you know at that point, just tuck the ball and take the sack. You know, take the three points instead of just throwing the ball up, especially under duress like he was. Like he was. And it kind of just looked like he just shot put at the ball. Uh, up in the air, you got two receivers and two DBs over in the same, standing in the same spot. You know, potential for disaster was was right there, and he put the ball up for disaster, and it happened. Um, but going back to what you were talking about, Fitz, you know, you you know, Fitz has been around a while. He's going to take shots, and he's got really nothing to lose. He's got nothing to lose. Why not? Exactly. Right? They're, they're, I mean, they're zero seven. He's thirty something years old, eight years old, and what has he got to lose? For Miami. They've been saying for a few weeks now, the reason why he's the starter is because the team's been getting better under him as a quarterback. Um, and it seemed to be going in that direction for them. It just seems that they're going in one direction and Jets going in the other direction. And, you know, partly because of Fitz, um, I've always said he is better in this league as a backup um, because he goes in with that attitude, I have nothing to lose, I'm a backup. So, um, And he just takes shots. And he felt that his receivers – were a, had a better chance of getting the ball than, than the Jets DBs covering these guys. Man, you know, we've seen it happen all day yesterday. So, um, uh, it could, but it continues on with the, with, with the Jets, Rob. And we're talking with Rob Carpenter, former New York Jets. It kind of reminded me of the play a little bit because it was so ridiculous. Because you were on the team in '95 when Bubby Brister had the ball kind of ripped away from him from Sam Mills, and Sam Mills returned it for a touchdown. We're we're heading in that direction with with this kind of team. '95, they were th- Jets were three and thirteen. The following year, one and fifteen. We're we're really heading for that. It seems that way, um, and it doesn't seem like there's any light at the end of the tunnel for this season. Uh, you know, unless something drastic happens, uh, it, it's kind of funny. Me and you talked about this just a little yesterday as the game was going on about, uh, you know, if they fire Gates now, who's going to be the coach? And, you know, Greg Williams could be an interim coach for the, for the rest of the season, and it might light a spark under the team. They might win a couple of games. And, <laughs> but his, you know, his defense isn't playing much better. That's the whole thing. And he's oh, yeah, outside yeah, of mostly. I actually was just going to say that, but on the flip side, he was brought in to, you know, revive the defense, and it's actually not working. So, you know, it, it could be a, a, a two-way bag with that, but 
Greg is an actual inspirational coach, but at the same time, I just don't think they have the, the, the players on the field to play the defense that he actually wants. He wants to actually put pressure on a, on an offense, but he doesn't have the DBs to cover down the other, uh, the other side with the wide receivers. So, um, you know, he's in a, he's in a catch-22 right now. Uh, speaking of bags, I saw some Jet fans in Miami there with bags over their heads. Uh, the Jets <laughs> uh, lose to a team that hadn't won a game. It goes back to 1980. And I was at that game uh, at, at Shea Stadium when the Jets lost to the Saints. Uh, they hadn't The Saints hadn't won a game, and the Jets lost that game. And, of, and of course, uh, when in, in 1991, when they lost to the Colts, Colts went 1-15 under Bruce Coslett in that, in that game. Uh, you cost the Jets. So the, the Jet fans are, I don't think they care. And, and, and I'm sitting on the couch and I'm rooting for them to lose, Rob, because I want this guy out of town. How does a guy like Adam Gase get total control of an organization like this where he has the final say, runs everybody out of town, and this guy has proven nothing for his career? Well, when you don't have the correct guys in the front office to start, you know, that's how an organization that actually stays in that for a long time. Um, and we hope with the hiring of Joe Douglas that things will change. Um, he has some big decisions to make, and I actually was was hoping that it's actually started, you know, today. But with where, Joe, you know, Joe Douglas was brought in by Gase. I mean, this is going to be, you know, like Brutus to Caesar in a lot of ways here. If if Joe Douglas is the guy that does the firing, uh, also Johnson family just steps in and says, no, he's got to go. And, and and the reports are that that uh, the owner was, was uh, you know, greeting his players coming off the field yesterday when he was cl- clearly perturbed by the performance because they weren't ready to play. And you know what it's like to play on teams that are ready, and you know what it's like to play on teams that aren't ready. Correct. And it just seems like guys are actually going in the building right now and saying, uh, well, let's get this game planned, get through the week, and let's go play this game and see what happens. There's no fire in the, in, the, in the building right now. All that has been gone for a while. And the way Gates actually, you know, responds to the media, uh, his press conferences have kind of turned a lot of people off. Um, but, again, that's what happens when you don't have the correct people up front to actually do the hiring. And this is pretty much what happened. It seems like this was a Chris Johnson hire uh, from back, back early in the year. Um, and for what reason? Who knows? But this is what we get. Was it, was it the fact that Peyton Manning endorsed this guy? Yeah, it's very possible. Um, and it seems like that had, a, had carried a lot of weight. But at the same time, the weight that should have been carried is what he actually did in Miami. Should, shouldn't have been on Peyton Manning's shoulders or endorsement for the hiring of a head coach um, for a team that actually was not doing well, you know, over the past few years. Um, but I at the same time, again, Joe Douglas knows that friendships don't win games. <laughs> so even though he might have been, you know, brought in with 100% acknowledgement of Adam Gase, you know, his job is on the line because this uh, team isn't doing well. And he has to make the changes. So, all, right, all right, Rob, have you met Adam Gase? Uh, I have not. Okay, have you been in a room with him to, to feel yes. his pr- – Okay, Does, is his presence that of a head coach? Uh, No. Okay. It's an assistant coach to, to, to me. It is an assistant coach. Okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to get your feeling as a former player here because when I see this guy speak at the podium trying to cover his eyes and cover his face with, with his hat over his eyes, reminds me of a teenager sitting in class with his hood on, not listening to the history teacher and not wanting to talk to anybody. I, I don't get it. Right. He it, it, To me, in my opinion, again, he's like an assistant coach. Assistant coaches actually want to speak to people uh, individually or their group. 
they don't want to actually take the whole of uh, of an organization and actually represent the whole organization. They want to represent themselves or their group. So when I've been around uh, during training camp and, and heard them speak and been in a room hearing them speak, it just seems that way. And and right now, I mean, do we dare say it now? The, the way Sam Darnold is performing on the season and the number of picks he's putting up is is completely insane. He had a great game coming back against Dallas, uh, and and now we're looking at him with nine interceptions on the season. Are we really looking where the Jets are possibly hoping to run the table, lose the rest of the games, and get that number one chance at a quarterback? Once again, we're looking for a quarterback for the fourth time this decade. Is that possible, Rob? Tell tell me it's not possible, please. At this moment, um, there's probably going to be a lot of people in the organization that still feel that Sam is, is the person. And from one point, I can understand that. He's been in two different offenses in two years. Um, that's tough for a young quarterback. So he's still trying to learn the offense that Gase actually has put in. We know he missed a good chunk of the first portion of the season. So with him being out uh, for a few weeks during the first part of the season, you know, he's, he's still in a learning phase. But some of the mistakes that he's making, um, a rookie quarterback shouldn't be making. I mean, a rookie quarterback will take sacks. A rookie quarterback will just throw the ball up. Sam seems to be doing that as if he's just coming into the game uh, and not understanding certain situations. And I'm sure – I'm quite sure Adam Gase fills him in on situations that are in the game. <clears throat> For instance, yesterday, as we referred back to earlier, the interception that he threw down near the goal line was ridiculous. I mean, you have three points. The touchdown was just reversed uh, by replay. But you have three points. Take the three points. Don't throw the ball up just f- just to be throwing it up and giving your guys a shot when disaster can happen. And when you don't have full control of the ball, just go down. You're going down at the 10-yard line. It's not like you're taking a sack at the 30. Um, so, you know, stuff like that happening during the game, you know, uh, I'm kind of questioning what he's actually thinking. And at points in time, you know, he looks like he's a, a deer caught in headlights. He, even during when the snap went past him for the safety, Sam saw the ball go past him, and he actually didn't even react. <laughs> he stopped and just watched the ball. The well, yeah, ran past him yeah I, wa- I wanted to ask you that. So how does that play in the locker room? I can't play too well. It probably didn't, and I'm quite sure when Winters was screaming at him on the field, it probably, you know, I didn't see cameras actually uh, on the sidelines, so I'm sure it probably extended to the sidelines. Um, Might not have taken place too much after the game in the locker room, but I'm pretty sure that that, that guys are pretty perturbed at him uh, about that. So moving forward here, uh, as, you know, (laughs) the season's over, as pretty much the Yankee season, before the Yankee season was really over this year, um, (laughs) what's the mindset of the players here? They're they're just trying not to get hurt and looking to punch their tickets somewhere else. That's the essence of what's going to happen, correct? Uh, Honestly, yes. I mean, the guys are actually going to go out and play. They know. Um, and the the whole rule is, you know, play hard or you get hurt. But at the same time, you know, most of what takes place for a game on Sunday takes place during the week. You know, learning, exactly uh, have to learn about the game plan. Guys won't be um, so much focused on, 100% focused on that part of the game. The physical part, they're going to go out, they're going to play hard. But the mental part is the part that actually uh, takes place mostly during during the week. And you'll see guys just actually kind of drifting. They'll get the game plan and not pay too too much attention to every detail of it like they normally would early in the season or during OTAs or something like that. So 
just trying to make it through the season, man, without getting hurt and, <laughs> you know, stay, stay healthy for the holidays. Well, we've made it through the podcast uh, once again. So, Rob Carpenter, <laughs> former New York Jets wide receiver, uh, a season that came to a crashing halt after week one. Uh, losing C.J. Mosley, losing that opening game, which they had won. Maybe things would have been different. They were up 16 to nothing. Uh, then a, a couple of days later, the news comes that Sam Darnold has mono. And, boy, I, I, I never thought I'd see 1996 again, and I'm living it all over. I'm, I, <laughs> I just never thought I would see another 1-15 season. And, and I just can't believe, with all the talented coaches out there, that the Jets ended up with Adam Gase, completely, I mean, completely clueless. It looks like it just and 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 who did he bamboozle? Who does he have pictures of to get this job? This is New York City. It, 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 it's funny. You would think that <laughs> he does have the the upper hand on someone um, to actually jump over all of the, the the guys who are actually in line to get head coaching jobs after the the debacle that he had down in Miami. And to get rehired right after that, with uh, that's basically telling a coach who actually had, you know, no clue about what was going on with his organization that he was actually just coaching. That yeah, it's okay, you can come, you know, have no clue about this one. You know, it basically puts no blame on his shoulders at all, and that's basically what we're seeing. All right, Rob, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Rob Carpenter, former New York Jets. This is Jets Nation Radio. I'm Mike Demurgis for the podcast covering Gang Green. A gangrene goop, I think. Oh my gosh! Uh, as the Jets lose, right yeah, the, as the Jets lose the Adam Gase ball, twenty-six to eighteen. Thanks again, <laughs> Rob. Thank you. All right, Mike.